down to the one in five. We're all about the joy of rural health. I'm Abel Baker. I'm with my buddy, Adam Rinshaw. Yo. Yo. Did you know 20% of Americans live in 97% of America's landmass? Blows my mind. Our goal is to share the struggles, joys, and lessons learned while working toward healthy whole communities and to have a blast as we do it. Sounds impossible. But it's not. This is not your typical health podcast. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you have a blast with us as you learn a little bit, too. BVHC studio. <laughs> hey, Adam. Yeah. We've got an awesome show. Um, bring us in. So as a follow-up to last week's chat with Dr. Mark, we wanted to give all of you listening the opportunity to get him, get to know him a little better um, in his heart for the frontier. Uh, so, you know, some, some of the themes of today's conversation are stewardship which he talks about. It's, he calls it the Luke 12 principle. Uh, context and creativity. And before we get into it, though, Abel, will you touch on the context piece of this? And then maybe we can talk briefly about creativity and then just really let Dr. Mark do all of the speaking about stewardship. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that. Um, uh, so I've been doing a little bit of work here to give us a sense numbers wise um, of, of of the context that we live in. So so we can understand what we mean by rural, because we in eastern Montana, except for um, where the Billings area is, that county, um, it would not be considered rural, rural um, but all of eastern Montana is. So so for you listening as you're going to hear Dr. Mark uh, speak, it, it, the significance of him coming out here and um, developing or working with partners to to create this uh, uh, to, to give us an understanding of like what is healthcare out here, it's it's pretty profound. So if the U.S. population, for example, is three hundred eight million seven hundred forty five thousand, okay. Is that, that makes really what it is? That's is what that, it is. That's, oh. <laughs> it's a, uh, there's there's a couple more folks. Gotcha. Okay. Um, U.S. folks per square mile, though. Okay. It's eighty-seven point two per square mile. Now, if we were to define rural, that's if if all of America is eighty-seven point two, and rural people per square mile per square mile, and rural is one thousand people per square mile, then the U.S. in a way is, is a rural place to live. Um, it, big picture. Okay. Now, now let me give you another idea. So New Jersey is, is a uh, over 8.5 million uh, population. Their density is a 1,195 per square mile. That blew my mind. That means that even New Jersey is, has a, a big picture is somewhat rural. 
um, in, a, in a sense. Now, that's the state, of course. Uh, but what about Montana? Uh, our population's over a million. Um, there's only two states, though, Adam, that are that have uh, that are more sparsely populated. Can you guess what they might who they might be? Wyoming, Nevada. Wow, I know you wanted to say Alaska, but you totally helped me out there because now I get to be right. So. I uh, you have to have thought of Alaska. Which I totally is, didn't. I was thinking continental United States. Oh, for okay. Some yeah, okay. So, uh, uh, duh. Yeah, yeah duh. Alaska is that forgotten state up north. Yeah. Um, but it's Alaska and Wyoming. Now that oh, blew my mind. Okay. I, I I guess I didn't really think of Montana that way. Um, this presents us um, context wise, as you're going to hear Dr. Mark talk about context. This gives us like three pretty unique challenges, and I and I want to touch on those. And then share that quote that you sent me. Okay. And I want to hear some stuff from you about that. So the first challenge is that Bighorn County, Bighorn County is way rural. Like it's, it's actually what we call frontier, which is another way of saying super rural, in my opinion. Maybe there's a better technical word for it. But let me explain this. Hyper. So, yeah, hyper rural. Exceedingly rural. Exceedingly, so rural, I like that one. rural is 1,000 po- folks per square mile. And below, frontier is less than seven or six folks per square mile. Whoa. So That's our quite county, a what do you think our county might be? So you already said it's frontier. It is frontier. Okay. Yeah. So, and Dr. Mark says it's frontier in this, That's right. in this interview. Uh, five and a half, 5.3. It, it, it blew my mind. People that, per that square it's, mile. It's 2.6 people per square mile. We have a huge county landmass with a very uh, spread out population. Um, but that leads me to another challenge that, that we face in the context of healthcare. Uh, the application of healthcare in, in our county is not only met with a kind of a unique amount of space between people and their communities or their towns here, but also big differences in culture. Sure. The, um, the, the Crow way of life, the Northern Cheyenne way of life, and the, the European whiteies like you and I, our, our way of life, is, there's even diversity there. Um, it, it makes for an amazingly rich but also challenging context for healthcare. I mean, our county is 66% First Nation people. Uh, Indian is what we say around here. And, mm-hmm. um, that that creates things um, in regards to healthcare that are super unique. But the third challenge um, is poverty. Um, it's leaning toward twenty six percent is is our poverty level. Um, that's that's unbelievable. I mean that 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 that's amazing, and and that creates a challenge. But substance abuse, alcohol abuse, obesity, and believe it or not as Wilford Brimley would say, diabetes. diabetes. We have a diabetes ec- epidemic. Yeah, we do. I mean, it's bad. We actually move the national uh, dial or scale. They, they feel our county when they're weighing how bad diabetes is. So um, how to effectively treat uh, these healthcare concerns or the people that live here with a small amount of money 
takes some serious creative strategy. Now, Adam, that's a great segue. You, you gave me this awesome uh, quote that I want to read and I would love you to tell me you, you watched this show called Imagineering and, and you heard this quote from it. Uh, it's Imagineering as a place is a very, very frustrating place for business minded people. He says, and I don't know who it is, but he says, because several core characteristics of creativity itself do not reconcile themselves with efficiency-based business theory. So there is a permanent tension. It's a question of keeping it in balance that makes you have to accept that it will neither be some kind of wild jungle, I love that, or creative monk, of creative monkeys, nor is it going to run like some kind of dystopian military facility. It's not going to be those, the author says. It's going to be this thing that's held in balance between the two. Dude, yeah. that is awesome. And it, it helped uh, help lead us into Dr. Mark by, by helping us understand why that quote's important for what they're about to hear. Okay. Yeah, so I was, I was watching. It's called The Imagineering Story on Disney+. And it's about how Walt Disney started his empire. And, but it really zooms in on the Imagineers. So that's this incredibly talented group of creatives and, and really problem solvers. And one of the things that themes that kept coming to the forefront was this, as you said in the quote, this necessity for balance between the business-minded people and the creative free thinkers. Yeah. And the tension that exists between these two schools of thought and the necessity for creativity in problem solving. So Dr. Mark touches on this concept of utilizing a creative approach in healthcare and how the community health center model or the FQHC, as we talked about in our last podcast, this federally qualified health center, the community health center model really equips us to be able to do this. So if you're a creative thinker and you're in healthcare and you're looking for an awesome palette from what I, for creativity and all that, let me just say, man, rural communities is awesome. It really is. I so appreciated you sharing that. I, for fun, I guess, Abel, I might just ask this question. Do you think there's a market for healthcare theme parks? Like, <laughs> like that progressive commercial where they're like, what would the theme park park look like for an insurance company? The oh kids are gosh, like not moving on the roller coaster. <laughs> Everything's super <laughs> safe. <Ever> safe yeah. <laughs> yeah. So probably not uh, a, a healthcare <laughs> theme park here. Meet our, our character, Mr. Blood Drop. Um, but anyway, so yeah, get, let's get into this. Um, this conversation that we had and uh, hope that it's beneficial for you as the listener getting to know Dr. Mark yeah, a little bit. This is great. Thanks, Adam.
So since you spent some time with us getting uh, to know Dr. Mark a little bit already uh, through horses and ducks and through some of these medical subjects that we've talked about, uh, like telehealth and technology and healthcare, uh, care models and reimbursement models and those types of things, what we wanted to do here at the end of this podcast was let you get to know Dr. Mark a little more since he is going to be a frequent visitor with us here in the studio. He's sort of our source, right? Our expert, yeah. so to speak, on medical matters. So, um, Abel? Yeah, I was just thinking how nice it's going to be to to hear the background story, uh, Dr. Mark, when uh, we just got done talking about what's a federally qualified health center. Right. I mean, how cool is this? And, and uh, the context of Hardin, I'm sure a listener will hear this and think, that's my town. Right. And, and that can happen where we're at. And we, we could have that. And But what we have is connected with who you are and, and your story uh, in some deep, uh, really cool ways. So I guess I would just say, Adam, I think we just want to say, who are you and what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How'd you end up in rural How did you Montana? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, <clears throat> it's a reasonable question. I think that... Um, the, and I would say that there's, there are personal reasons and professional reasons sort of why I wound up um, migrating to this community health center world. Um, from a personal side, I, there's, a, there's a scripture that I'm sure you guys are very familiar with. Um, I'll paraphrase. To whom much is given, much will be required. Mm, yeah. And that has uh, been um, sort of a, a model that's shaped a lot of who I am as a person. And I have been given a lot. I grew up. I'm not from Harden. I grew up outside of outside of Boston in in Boston. a very well-to-do <laughs> suburb. Um, very loving family. I have a wife who's a saint. I have. I grew up in extended family in Boston. Um, when I when I took a gap year and after high school and I came out to Crow Agency and volunteered with the Indian Health Service. Um, I was given another family. I was taken in by the backbones and I was adopted by mm. Manny Realburton, given a name by Alex Medicine Horse. Um, when, uh, when I came out after medical school, I received sort of world-class education. I was given the gift of, of incredible medical training and then uh, came back to Crow and worked at the Indian Health Service and was adopted by Ken and Hannah Real, uh, Pretty on Top. I was given another wow. name by David Yarlett Sr., so I've been really blessed. I've been given, given a lot. And that, um, to me, that Luke 12 ethic is, you know, to whom w- with this blessing, you got to do something, you got to, you got to mm. give it back. And, mm. um, and so that, that really motivates me. That sort of calls me into this field of service to a life of service. Um, professionally, I'm really convinced that, um, that the community health center way of doing medicine, of providing care, to, to individuals and to communities is really the best um, model for okay. holistic primary care and especially in the frontier space. Um, I've, you know, again, I've, I've been blessed with uh, having worked um, in all sorts of medical settings. I worked in um, academic medical centers where people from around the world would send their most difficult medical mysteries to be solved. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked in private practice. I worked uh, in the Indian Health Service for a number of years. Um, but when I 
began working in the community health center world, um, it became very clear very quickly that this is the most useful model for responding to the unique set of challenges um, and the unique opportunities that are presented to those of us who have the distinct good fortune of living in rural Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the community health center is sort of like a laboratory where we get to, um, we get to experiment. We get to figure out the best way of, of really caring for, for the whole person and the whole community. When we think uh, our mandate is to, just to care for whole communities, you know, the community itself becomes a patient. And, and mm. community health centers, both um, by how they're structured uh, and governed, uh, how they're funded, how they're, um, how they're staffed, we really have this unique opportunity to, to come up with creative, um, uh, unique ways to address these needs. Um, it's not a one-size-fits-all, as you all know. It's mm-hmm. yeah. not cookie-cutter. We, we make things up as we go a lot. We fly the, pl- we build, we fly the plane <laughs> as we're building it, build the yeah. plane as we fly it. Yeah. You know? Which is good as a patient. I, it can't be. The more I, the, the years that I've spent in healthcare, and as a patient, it can't be cookie-cutter. Yeah. And maybe I'm just getting older and more picky about it, or maybe my experience now as a patient of a community health center and seeing the, um, the sort of tailor-made plan of health for me that I've partnered with, with my doctors, you know, I, I, I don't want to go back yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, to what it was before. Yeah. And the fact that we have the ability to do this here, not just for me, right. but for the whole community is a really exciting thing. And I think, quite honestly, that we, you know, we tend to think that in the, in the rural places, we sort of get left behind and we're sort of in the backwaters. And um, there may be some truth to that. There may be some benefit to that. But I also think that we are absolutely on the cutting edge. And we have a story to tell as we develop these models, as we do this creative work. We have a story to tell to the whole country. Because yeah, yeah. the challenges facing this nation in terms of healthcare are, um, are massive. Um, here in the frontier, things, we can see things a little more clearly. There's more space. You know, we, can, we can know people. We can understand the systems at work. And that just allows for change to happen um, more creatively um, and more dynamically. But those lessons that we learn here that we distill in this you know, sort of space, we can spread. Um, and others can learn from what, what we glean in, in the frontier. Um, and so we have a lot to, to say to the whole conversation. What the nice thing is, though, a lot of people haven't figured that out. So we get the advantage of having time to figure all this stuff out, to mm. do all these cool oh, things, yeah. sort of underco- undercover for a while. Yeah. I, I was wondering, you know, our listeners, a couple things our listeners might not know what it means that you were given names. I think that it is personal, but it's also tied to the shoe that we want to f- fit our, our community, you know, it's a unique community, but you're given names. They might not know that. And then, um, perhaps some, some, some of our listeners might think dances with wolves when you say frontier, but I think you're thinking of like the demographic or, or or what it means to be a a frontier community from an academic. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, um, there are definite, there are these sort of academic and sort of technical definitions of what urban means and what rural means. 
And it turns out frontier is beyond rural. So here in our part of the world, in, in one square mile of, of our geography, you'll run into like two people <laughs> on a good day. That is yes. uh, a lot less than the definition of rural, which is, you know, six or seven people. <laughs> so <laughs> so we're, we're beyond rural. We are, we're in the frontier. And it's, it's mildly flat. You might see your dog run away for three days um, and no one else. Yeah, when you when you come to town uh, and see a hundred people, then you've got a a few months of seeing nobody ahead of you. Yeah, and and it's and you're glad. Yeah, yeah, and and, I mean you embrace it. That's that's very true. So, you you said you went to did you go to school back east? Sure. Yeah. So you took I'm from Boston and I I grew up there and I. I, yeah, after high school, after I graduated high school, I took a year off. And that's when you came here. And that's, yeah, that's when I had... Um, gap year. Yeah, I, I cool. had been out in the early 80s and spent some time during the summer at the in Crow Agency. And, and so I came back after high school and, and spent a year volunteering um, there in the hospital. Okay. And then you went back east to go back to school. I did. And the, the first name I was given loosely translates to man who was like a robin. And... Um, <laughs> And so my, uh, whether it was self-fulfilling prophecy or not, I would spend often come back every spring, spring break during colleges. And so uh, it was a very appropriate name that I was given. Um, yeah. And so I would be back during, uh, spring break and winter breaks and summer, summer breaks, um, spending time with family and friends, um, doing various, um, projects and things. Where did you go to school? For undergrad, I went to Yale. Okay. And for medical school, I did a program that, um, uh, it's called Health Sciences and Technology. It's a joint program between Harvard uh, and MIT. Awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. So and the educational portion of this, too, I mean, I don't want to get too in the weeds on this, but I know your heart is to see uh, young men and women raised up to serve in these types of areas as well. And we have these built into uh, what we do here at Bighorn Valley Health Center. Indeed, yeah, we're here... Um, for the long haul. And um, we're surrounded by people who are deeply committed to their communities. And to the extent that we can come alongside them and empower them and encourage them and offer them some skills and training, uh, that, that makes everyone better. And, it, um, and it's a really important mandate that we have as, 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 a, as a part of this community. Um, I, was, I was thinking, and um, it, one of the one of the things in our community that's unique when I when I'm saying telling my friends that uh, you know you and I have talked a little bit um, there's it, it, communities have a lot to div- rural communities have a lot to divide over at times their opinions can become overly personal because uh, for various reasons but at the end of the day we almost you know we, we're going to bump into each other at our little grocery store um, and. What I found it with the rural heart is if they know that you love them and you're committed to them and you don't see them as a stepping stool or if they sense that you love them warts and all, which is the way things should be everywhere, um, there's a re- there's a reciprocation that goes on where 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 um, it's not as important what you believe or what you think or it's it's more along the lines of I like him. Um, and I trust him. And, and that's what I hear a doctor when, when I get to talk with my friends or whatever and say, talk about the exciting things we're doing. Um, 
a lot of people feel that you love this community and you've shown it. Um, and, and, and that, that comes back. I mean, they, they, they uh, many people, uh, will say, Hey, I, he's, he's a good person and we're so blessed to have him. My question was, how did that process happen? I mean, how, how did you kind of say, here's where I want to be these with these people and in this place? I can tell you, I know. Oh, oh, I it, didn't know that. It, it has to do with the girl. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> does it? Am I right? That's yeah, definitely a part of it. My, my <laughs> wife is, is from here, but interestingly enough, I, um, and I guess it's true that during my during that year, that first year I spent out here, we did technically meet, though um, we didn't really connect for about nine years. So most she told of my, me, yeah. There's an interesting. <laughs> she story. said she had her eye on you, <laughs> as did another uh, a, a number of other young ladies. Okay, I couldn't tell. Uh, I had my <laughs> eye on her. Um, yeah. So, so it was, yeah, it was, it was the connections to people. It was, okay. it was the families I was, I was adopted into. It was the, um, the friends that I made. Um, was that new? I mean, was that something that, that you had experienced in that depth? Was that what it was? That's a great question. Going to Boston. Um, I felt, I felt like there could easily be a connection with, with people and, but, but what did you, how was that yeah, different for you? I, I, again, yeah, I, I, I felt, um, in, in, in Boston, I have a huge extended family, so I, yeah. I feel very connected to the people there as well. But, but, um, but again, that Luke 12 ethic, my, um, my education and my training and my, um, the, the gifts that I've been given are much more useful and valuable mm-hmm. in, in this part of the world than they are in Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. And, wow. um, and if I had the, the opportunity to be here among people that I love and, um, and among family and among friends and put those gifts and those um, talents to use. What, what, a, what, a, what, a, how could you not, how could you, how not could jump, you not? right? So I was, I felt very okay. fortunate to be able to have the opportunity to, to do that. Well, um, I, for one, am glad. I, for two, am glad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But you're looking at me three. I three. I, I'll just say no, that. You, don't, just you totally down. don't have to. You can be the odd man out. You can look at him and say, mm-mm, I wish no. you never came. <laughs> no, I, I just, the, my life has been enriched by knowing you and being a part of yours. So I'm glad, yeah. stoked. And for the future that we have here uh, to be able to move uh, further into this space. And, and to think that our community, what we say, when we say community now involves multiple micro communities, right? We're an mm-hmm. expanding family um, across massive number of miles and a lot of yeah. geography, um, but with people who have the same joys, concerns, hearts, you know, it's really exciting to, to be making our tent bigger as we go. It is. I was just on a call with Chinook and you can edit this out if you, if you need to, but. Well, um, definitely edit that. Um, <laughs> and we were trying to plan events for the year and we want to get a full calendar going now in January um, so that we can be very proactive about uh, planning and when we need to start this, when we need to start this. And we thought we had it. And then all of a sudden, you know, we, we met this today and 
we just kind of got thrown a curveball because of a seed show in Harlem. And not the Harlem <laughs> that everybody might be thinking. No, not a Harlem over one of the five boroughs. Yeah. <laughs> this is Harlem, Montana, up on the High Line. Um, and so we basically, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because we have to navigate these. To me, coming from Los Angeles area, growing up down there, really different and weird issues of, you know, this small little seed show in this tiny little town up on the high line. We have to take into consideration the fact that they do this every year and we need to partner with them and we need to be a part with them, with what they're doing and not just jump in and roll them over and bowl them over and say, no, here's our agenda. This is what we want to do. So it's been, I mean, it's, it's really weird sort of being in this, this rural landscape and seeing all of these different things that take place. And yeah, just, yeah, yeah, it is, it is. It's, it's so, it's hard to explain, but there's a draw to, to, um, if it, you know, when I grew up in a, in a very big place, um, you know, school was about 800. And then my dad lived where graduating class, I mean, not school, my graduating class was like 800. And then my dad's community, it was like seven. And I knew my whole life that I didn't want to raise my family and my children where, where I was raised, not because it was bad, but because I was so drawn to the, to the, to the rural life and the Mm -hmm. rural community. And I mean, how it let's, let's pretend for a second that we have somebody in school right now that maybe is going to listen to this and you would want to say something to them about, about, um, rural life, rural communities in regards to your interests, doctor and, and your gifts. What is it that you would say to them to, to, to just give them that like square inch of an understanding of, of what, what it is to live out here rather than in what seems so obvious, um, the land of opportunity, you know, the cities, the, where things are, maybe, maybe things seem a little easier. I don't know. What would you say to somebody who might be thinking rural? Oh, I would say absolutely come, come out here where the, where the sky is big and beautiful, where the people are amazing not as many of them, but the opportunities to serve are, are unparalleled. The opportunities to innovate are uh, off the charts, um, to create, to connect, to, um, to really be on the cutting edge of, um, of what is going to be the, the new healthcare system that this nation you know, embraces. This is where it's going to happen. And thanks to all who are listening. Thanks for uh, joining us for this little get to know you of Dr. Mark. Thanks for tuning in there. Um, Abel, what do you think attracts folks to move out of the bigger cities and into this rural space? Man, um, I know when I was a kid, like 
going out on my four wheeler, uh, all by myself with just my dog, you know, miles into the woods and sleeping in a tent on some logging, you know, in some clear cut and, Mm -hmm. and, and just that feeling of independence. Um, Knowing how, knowing what darkness is when you hold your hand in front of your face at night and you can't see it, uh, freedom, yeah, being able to do things. Um, but, but here's the one thing for me. Um, you don't read books on community out here. Sure. You experience, experience community. It, yeah. Um, it's built in and you learn how to be uh, a community person, you know, a better person. So I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, I would agree with probably everything that you just said. I mean, being in very close proximity to the out of doors, stars, you know, uh, elbow room. Uh, I love people. I really do. I also love space. Yeah. Um, And so, so that's very attractive to me. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, Abel, if someone wanted to ask us a question or had yeah. any comments for us, how would they get a hold of us? Man, after listening to Dr. Mark, you know, you might be wondering, man, how do I get out here? Uh, we'd love to have, you know, more folks and creative thinking, problem-solving uh, healers and doctors and nurses out here in rural communities. And uh, if you want to get a hold of us or this was inspiring or uh, you had a question or even a thought for, for another show, um, please uh, contact us at the one in five podcast at iCloud.com. And that's the with number one, I N number five podcast at iCloud.com. Now, um, Adam, what can our listeners expect for next week? Oh, next week. So we are going to pilot a new segment next week called Hashtags, Tats, Speed, and Coffee. Nice. What is that, you ask, Abel? Did I you didn't just, Oh, you did not ask. That. I didn't even think it. Uh, so the listener is probably thinking, what the heck is Hashtags, Tats, Speed, and Coffee? Um, so that's a fun little get to know you segment that we're, we're utilizing, uh, with some of the people who work for this organization for Bighorn Valley Health Center. And so you're going to be getting to know doctors, physicians, nurse practitioners, physicians, physicians, assistants, people in the trenches, right? Exactly. Nurses, um, even Licensed. outside too, Adam, we've talked about that. Like we want to even go outside of, um, Bighorn exactly. Valley and, yeah. and, and, and connect, you know, with other folks. Too. Exactly. So, so that those will be coming next week though, we will be getting to know a licensed addictions counselor named Lori Sweeney. Oh, that's a great one. I can't wait to do that. Okay. Well, please join us. We'll probably have a couple of more little episodes for local stuff if you stay tuned and uh, throughout the week. I don't know, but this was a great show, Adam. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks.